You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. Uh, John, listen, I mean, you and I talked last week. We yes. said we would be happy with a road trip where the Devils look respectable. It was their first true test after the Colorado Avalanche game where, you know, the schedule in the early part of the season was easy enough. Uh, the Devils went to Western Canada, swept a road trip they had not won in an extremely long time. They had not swept in an extremely long time, I should say, but also that they don't win overall very often. And they did it in all different ways. And honestly, this week took the Devils from, you know, plucky upstart to, okay, the league has to pay attention now. Everybody outside of the Devils organization, because let's be real, Dan, for the past several years, most of, most of the opinion outside of the Devils is minimal. It's like, Oh, this team is bad. Forget it. They're going to mm-hmm. go win a lottery. Maybe they'll get better. Mm-hmm. People get excited in the offseason because they make some moves. They have some prospects, young players developing. So people get excited. And then up until this year, this season, it's basically been, well, it's now November and the team is back to being terrible. And then you go and, I don't know, start exalting the St. Louis Blues or something like that. Mm-hmm. Somebody like that. Not so this season, Dan. Yeah. Others have paid attention. Dom Lushishin of The Athletic has been proclaiming about a wagon for the Devils. Guys at Sportsnet, uh, most recently, um, Dmitry Filipovich and Cam Sharon, now mm-hmm. now freed from the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, you know, on their recent pop, you know, PDO cast on Sportsnet, they completely changed plans. They said that we were going to talk about the Capitals last episode and said, nope, we're doing the Devils because the they... Devils are fun. 
They're exciting. They're doing great things and winning. And other t- other people in hockey media, you know, whether it's Jesper Bratt, whether it's John Marino, whether it's the fact that the team is just hot right now, because they are hot right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's it's a very strange place because you'd have to go back to the 90s for the last time the Devils swept a Western Canadian road trip. And you'd have to go back to the last decade, the early part of last decade, to find a six-game winning streak. Yeah, and it has been really, again about finding different ways to win good teams find ways to win bad teams find ways to lose and in the past or i guess for the past half decade at least the devils had just been finding creative ways to lose games oh yeah now they're coming up with you know honestly historic ways to win games so let's start off in vancouver where Mm -hmm. up until last year the devils hadn't really lost a game against them in a very long time and Mm, they they lost they lost to them 6-3 in march yeah, I'm saying up until last oh, year. Yeah. Before oh, that, they had yeah. won their previous 12, I think. So That is true. Yeah, you're uh, right. In the rare Devils-Vancouver matchups, the Devils have been dominant. Dominant, yeah. And so that did not change today. While Vancouver had been on an upswing with a 5-1 result over Pittsburgh the night before, uh, the Devils pretty much bullied them into submission after the first period, which was weird. Because the team looked sluggish to start the game and yet yeah. escaped the period with a 2-0 lead. Yeah, Mackenzie Blackwood was very good early on because mm-hmm. guys like Elias Peterson and Bo Horvat, they were up for this one. And the Devils looked like not only were they sluggish just due to the fact they were, you know, three time zones away, the ice, for whatever reason, Dan, I never understood this. You would think the rinks in Canada would be immaculate mm-hmm. given how much attention is paid to the, the sport. But for whatever reason, all three games, the ice, you know, conditions were just not favorable at all. It was a very bouncy rink at the, you know, in Vancouver. Those the Devils, Devils, they're so hot right now, John, please. I know. They, they just, <laughs> Dan, Dan, they literally scored on their first shot of the game, yep. which which was a beautiful tic-tac-toe play from Jack Hughes to Jesper Bratt to Nico Heischer for the redirection. And then later in the first, once the Devils got their legs under them and got some shots on the board. Well, not to mention that was a power play goal, too, wasn't that it? That was a power play. Yes, that's right. The Devils continued what was then a power play streak. Mm-hmm. Um and then late in the period, the fourth liners, you know, Nathan Bastion from the half wall fires a shot towards the net, hits off of Miles Wood. Beautiful rebound from Mr. McLeod. It's 2 nothing. And, you know, if you're a Vancouver fan, you're especially unhappy because, remember, Vancouver was winless up until those two games that they previously won. Mm. Like, you know, the team already had the, the dreaded closed-door players meeting after the game. A fan threw a jersey on the ice, you know, prior to their home win against Pittsburgh. Like you're thinking, oh, Vancouver's on the up and up, and then it's like we 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 couldn't beat Mackenzie Blackwood, and we're down two nothing after the first period. Maybe they and should Dan, have tried would... chanting to fire their coach. Maybe um, it got worse for Vancouver, Dan, before it got yeah. remotely any close to better. Mm-hmm. Take us through it, Dan. Uh, well, you know, after two nothing. It became 3 nothing as the Devils came out of the first intermission and basically became the same team they had been the games prior. Uh, the ice completely tilted in the Devils' direction. It wasn't close after that. I, I can't imagine. No. Um, and, and you what know, was shocking was that they scored two straight goals on two-on-one rushes. First, a shorthanded rush. Yeah. Sharon Govich to Mercer. And then less th- a little over two minutes later, Jesper Bokefist hooks up Sharon Govich for the two-on-one. Yep. And and it's like four nothing. Bo, you know, Bruce Boudreau, 
says, well, there it was. Let's call a timeout and sort this out. And it was like watching the Devils from last year. You you give up one, you give up a bunch. It was very yeah. much a, you know, they've tried this play this many times. And you're just going to let it happen every time. The defense is turned the wrong way. They're a step behind every time that there's a yeah. stretch pass happening. And the Devils have loved that this season. Yeah, and uh, credit to Bryce Salvador, who did return for the broadcast for this one, uh, which was disappointingly from the MSG studios. They did The MSG people did not send the Devils out west, um, unlike years past. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's an it's MSG okay. issue. That's not a Devils issue. Yeah. Regardless, uh, Salvador, I think, pointed out that, you know, Vancouver wanted to forecheck effectively, uh, very aggressively. And credit to the Devils defensemen for recognizing that that third forward in the neutral zone was going to be wide open more often mm-hmm. than not, which allowed the space for those lead passes from a Marino or a Severson or a Hamilton. So even if Thatcher Demko made the save or the shot didn't go or whatever, you know, the devils were able to just completely, you know, catch Vancouver on their heels from the second period onward. It was a great adjustment by the defenseman and credit to the coaching staff for presumably telling the defenseman, Hey, Look for F3. He's going to be open more often than you think. And then and keep that stretch worked. pass in mind also. Um, it's going to be relevant more often than not on this trip. It's something that the Devils employed very, very often because uh, it kept working. So why yeah. not? And also, yeah. John Marino was particularly good at it in moments in this trip. So uh, they they pretty much just destroyed Vancouver. The, the Vancouver got some late goals uh, or got another late goal. Uh, yeah. through Bo Horvat. They got both their goals on power plays, I believe, through him. So, yes, uh, uh, right not a spin. great night for the penalty kill. No, they uh, conceded two power play goals to. And, and one of the concerns I had for this trip, Dan, was that going into the trip, you know, all three t- opponents had top 10 success rates on the power play. Mm-hmm. Like even Vancouver with their struggles this season, their power play has been the one thing that's been good. And case in point, Bo Horvat scores from the slot on both of them. Granted, the second one was you know, with less than three minutes to play in regulation and Vancouver pulled Demko for the extra skater. But, um, you know, the Devils did get punished for some of their lack of discipline and uh, Horvat made them pay to make the score somewhat respectable until Jack Hughes just ended it with an empty netter. So in front of his brother coming in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. His brother came back, played a lot. And um, the most shocking thing about that game that probably did not go well reported, but I kept noticing this in the game was that Vancouver is entering the third period down 4-1, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they got nothing to lose, everything to gain. Dan, can you tell me how many shots on net Vancouver had, including the power play? <laughs> oh, God. Wasn't it like 25? No, the Devils, I'm sorry, Vancouver had four shots on net oh, you in mean the third t- period. I thought you meant total. You are correct. They didn't get to 25 total. They got to 23. Oh, my God. Like, you're on, you're on home ice, you know, yeah, you're down three goals. But again, it's desperation mode you know you have been able to at least create early on in the game you know and it's not like Mackenzie Blackwood played a good game Dan he did yeah yeah. it's not but he's Mackenzie Blackwood he's not somebody that's going to intimidate an opponent anytime soon well how much of this is Vancouver and how much is the Devils because the Devils seem to be doing this to every opponent in all three of these games they not only outscored the opponent, thus winning the game, but they also mm. outshot and outchance each of them. They yeah. outchance each one by a, I think a good more. Oh no, except Edmonton, they didn't outchance them. But no, the de- they outshot no, they, everyone. They did. The, the gap, the, the defensive stinginess, definitely did not show up in Alberta, uh, but it absolutely did in Vancouver, in mm-hmm. British Columbia. Like because again, you're up 
and it speaks to how good the Devils have been and why other hockey media people outside of the Devils have noticed how good this Devils team is. It's not just a team that's been winning games and is on a hot streak. Like, they outshot Vancouver 16-9 in a period where they went up 3, I'm sorry, 4-1. And then up 4-1, they outshot Vancouver 14-4. to mm-hmm. You know, if they didn't take that penalty, which was a... Um, Ryan Graves holding call on JT Miller, which was legitimate. He like hugged him from behind. Uh, bad Graves. Um, you know, the, the Devils could have easily held Vancouver to barely 20 shots on net in a game on the road that didn't start well against a team that finally won two games in a row and had reason to feel good. Um, that's just professional. That's just handling your business in the best way possible. With a bad start, you got good goaltending at good times that allowed you to stay in the game. And there you go. You give the team a chance to come back. This coaching staff seems to adapt really, really well at intermissions. Uh, I don't know what the major difference is the most, but intermission have been a great reset point for the devils unlike last year where they just kind of got worse every time so especially uh, for second periods yeah and that's been extremely helpful in bouncing back in these games and figuring out how to mount these wins one after another and they had to do that against edmonton um the next game and listen this was something that uh this was going to be a tough game no matter what going into it Dreisaitl and McDavid are still those two guys. They are still leading the league in so many categories. Uh, They're generating tons of offense. And the Oilers were starting Stuart Skinner, who had pretty good numbers going into that game. Excellent numbers. And Edmonton won their last five games. Like, it was a game where two teams with winning streaks, you know, somebody's going to lose it. Two seven and three teams meeting up, which is, oh, man, what a a feeling. Yeah, and this game, this was... And I'm going to be bold here, Dan, because there's a lot of hockey left to play this season, but I'm going to be straight up with you, Dan. I will be shocked if there is a faster game of ice hockey that the Devils will play in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Maybe the game in New Jersey against Edmonton. That might yeah, be different. Yeah. But this game was literally like people like to talk about playoff hockey as being, you know, grindy and defensive. No, what playoff hockey really is, is extra intense. And it's not always just guys throwing the body around or, you know, just trying to shut the other team down. A lot of times playoff hockey can be two teams just throwing haymakers at each other offensively. And that's Mm -hmm. what this game basically was for 60 minutes. It was quick. It was fast. Of course, it helps when you have Connor McDavid, who could just basically go to, you know, zero to 60 in like two seconds. Yeah. Um, Credit to Jonas Siegenthaler for shutting him down multiple times, one-on-one. But of course, the the problem with Edmonton is McDavid and Dreisaitl, more likely than not, they're going to do damage. And they McDavid's did. David's gotten points in every game he's played in his career against the Devils. He every does that to everybody. One. Yeah, it's like you're. It's like a basketball game. You know, you're just gonna have to accept that Nikola Jokic and Giannis, they're just gonna drop lots of points on you. Yeah. You have to stop everyone else if you want to win those games. And case in point, you know, the big theme of that game, as I would say for the Devils, is redemption. Because the game's first goal, Connor McDavid finishes a two-on-one created by Jesper Bratt bizarrely, you know, passing up a wide-open shot, passing it to nobody. That Darnell Nurse yeah. blocked out to Zach Hyman. Hyman led the rush. McDavid finishes it. It's one nothing. But again, the Devils find a way to come back with the fourth line with Miles Wood slapping in a one-timer on a rolling puck past Skinner to tie it up. And the Devils largely controlled the first period outside of that. But again... You don't have to give Edmonton a lot of room to come back. And in the second period, 
I think for the first time in a long time, the other team actually dominated the run of play against the Devils that, mm-hmm. in that second period with mm-hmm. a disastrous set of 90 seconds in the middle of it. Yeah, they look to be on their heels for the first time truly all season. I mean, even when they were losing games to the beginning, they um, they they still seem to be pretty much in control of how the play was going. But this was Edmonton at their best, uh, putting in, you know, two quick goals to take a 3-1 lead. It, it was something that... Oh, it's worse than that, Dad. Oh, go on. So here, here's how this broke down. Like I said, this was a disastrous 90 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. So first, Graves, who had a terrible game, terrible game. Uh, among his many strange things in the ice, he completely loses his mark in a board battle up in the corner. Hamilton didn't clever, cover himself in glory on this one either. But Tyson Berry found Derek Ryan off the board, wide open at the top of the left circle. There's a screen in front of Blackwood. Ryan puts it in. It's 2-1. Mm-hmm. At 8.20, so on the next shift, Damon Severson decides, I want a hook of Andrew Kane. You know what I said about power plays being dangerous and by all opponents. Yeah. yeah, Edmonton Edmonton was behind Colorado for success rate at 33%. Um, and remember, it's a team with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. The last thing you want to do is give them extra space. 20 seconds into that, or thereabouts, the play, the, the play has to stop because Mackenzie Blackwood, after going post to post with his legs sprawled out, um, lied on the ground in pain. He had to come out of the game with an injury forcing Vitek Vanacek to come into the come into the game. And Blackwood was playing well up until mm-hmm. this point. Yeah, he gave up two goals, but you know, it's McDavid on a 2-on-1 and Ryan through his screen. It's not like he gave up softies. Yeah. Um so Vanacek has to come in cold during an Edmonton power play. And it took a little bit of time, but Edmonton finally got their first shot on net and Leon Draisaitl put it in the back of the net through yep. through Vanacek. So within 90 seconds you 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 uh, go down in the game 2-1. You take a stupid penalty because Damon Severson is Damon Severson. You lose your goaltender to injury, whom, as of this recording, we still we still don't know the severity of the injury. And then your backup for the night has to come in cold against one of the most frightening power plays in the league and get scored on his first shot against to go down two goals on the road. Yeah, it wasn't a great situation, but no. again, where teams of Devils Pass would have crumbled here, yes. uh, Miles Wood didn't hear no bell, and also, nope. I have to say that it is he he's proving exactly what the Devils were missing on that fourth line last year. Uh, the creation of this BMW unit between him, Bastion, and um, McLeod has really dragged them to a lot of success in the early part of the season here too i mean we had the big stars contributing as we know they can but it's not to be understated what this line has done both on the penalty kill and just in the run of play here like wood was responsible for a lot of willing the devils back into this game and he ends up scoring early in the third period to uh bring it to three two yeah and in the third period rough switched up the lines dramatically uh because Wood, you know holla took the face off an offensive zone faceoff, and Wood scores on it right off the draw, like mm-hmm. you know, just like no chance for Skinner. There's a bunch of traffic. It's similar to the Jacob Silverberg goal, uh, his second goal that Anaheim scored way back in October. Not much you can do here, but it's Miles Wood. He's hot right now. He had a great game at Edmonton. He drew calls. He didn't take any. Uh, he had two goals. You know, this is the when people praise Miles Wood for what he could do. This is a great representation of that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the Devils are now down a goal. And they're bringing the fire to Stuart Skinner. 
for several minutes. And of course, Edmonton is counterattacking where they can. They're trying to, you know, get not a lot of consistent pressure, but a lot of, oh my goodness, you're giving another two on one up to Connor McDavid. Oh my goodness. But Vanacek played huge. Yeah, he was tremendous. He, he, he was inch perfect, which you have to be against, you know, McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, Kane. Again, this isn't your dad's Edmonton Oilers from a decade ago, you know, assuming your dad was a dad 10 years ago. Well, I mean, he would be, of course, but regardless, the, the metaphor sucks, but you know what I mean? Like, this isn't like past Edmonton teams where it's just one line that's going to do damage and everybody else are just a bunch of jabronis, like, you know, a oh, bunch yeah. of nobodies. Like, no, Edmonton is a legitimately, you know, quality team up and down the lineup. Yeah, it could be better, but, you know, they they could have, but the Devils were really taking over more often than not. And then of all the people in the game, Dan, yeah, who the one tied it up. The one who is having the toughest one scores a uh, Bobby Orris goal. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Graves weaves through several defenders the other way, and uh, I think the Devils definitely got a little puck luck here, where Skinner oh, yeah, absolutely lets this squeak through his pads, and the game is tied at three three. But wait, there's more. There's because more, the game man. was tied 3-3, but it wasn't tied 3-3 for very long because off the faceoff, it's one back to John Marino. He flips it up to a streaking Jesper Bratt, who continues his point streak by scoring, putting the Devils ahead 4-3 with about three minutes left in the game. And suddenly, the narrative had flipped. The Devils scored literally their franchise fastest pair of goals ever to take mm-hmm. the lead in Edmonton. And it comes from two guys who I thought were not playing particularly well. Graves was having a really rough time out there. I know he got a lot of tough minutes against um, McDavid and Dreisaitl because he was paired with John Marino. But Graves was easily like losing pucks left and right. He was making bizarre passes. He tried some weird long bomb to Miles Wood that forced Miles Wood to jump in the air to try to grab it. P.S. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Graves, of all people, as a trailer, weaves, as you said, weaves in. He gets tripped up by Ryan McLeod. Um, and, and the puck really should have been stopped by Skinner. Skinner was making a lot of good saves in this game. He had a good game, Dan, but yeah. this was an error that he left in. And then Edmonton was just, for whatever reason, just not paying attention because Brat split the defense like Moses in the desert Yep, and took the Devils, his chosen people, to the W with the banger off both posts. Wow. Uh, and Brat, remember, Brat created the first goal against with his big mistake and he wasn't, you know, it wasn't like Brat was a scrub in that game, but it wasn't exactly his, you know, you're not going to put that game on a highlight reel until that goal. That goal you put on a highlight highlight reel. That's yeah. a goal where his agent is already compile, compiling the YouTube private video to show to uh, Josh Harris and David Blitzer to say you need to pay my man. A lot I mean, of money. They kind of do because what a comeback, what a game, what a mm-hmm. character win for the Devils. Yeah. What a way to put people on notice and again take the maximum four out of four to start the trip. And yeah. already, if you leave the trip with just that intact, it's a huge success. And oh yeah. Uh that was not going to be enough for the Devils as they no. went on to face Calgary uh yesterday at time of recording here. Man, I mean, this was almost the inverse of the Edmonton game in um in terms of how the scoreline went but again the Devils and the Flames the Flames are a good team they, they haven't had the best start but they are a no. good team that's meant to uh contend here especially with the fact that they were able to reset their franchise um despite losing two pillars of it so it wasn't going to be an easy game no matter what happened the Devils again they found a way but it wasn't easy it started no. off um, with a Nazim Kadri goal very early on into the game. 
Yeah, and you can thank Damon Severson in part. He didn't go, he, you know, you don't have own assists, but he really should have gotten one here. Um, and keep in mind that the story with Calgary this season, they went into this game losing their last three games. They lost to the Edmonton. Then they lost to Seattle. They choked a big lead to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Then they lost decisively at home to Nashville. So Calgary's probably, you know, in a bad mood. Um, and Damon Severson is like, let me help you out, my brother. And, you know, it's like, guys, you know, you don't want to give up a goal less than 90 seconds into the game because Calgary's other big problem is that they just haven't finished a lot. They have a statistical profile, not unlike the Devils, where they just outshoot a lot of opponents and outchance them. But mm-hmm. their shooting percentage in five on five in particular has been low. And as such, you know, the results have not matched up some of the performances like that Seattle game. They outshot them 40 to 27 and they lost five, four. So wow. So giving up an early goal is almost like the last thing you want to do because now Calgary can be like, yeah, we can do this. We can get this going. But thankfully, the Devils had the best kinds of responses. They dropped dimes on the Flames. Yeah, again, this team is built different. This team is – this is a never-say-die version of the team this time around because that BMW line brings them back into the game. A beautiful combination – from Hughes, actually, who is yeah. uh, still on the ice from the shift before, I guess. I don't think he was being double shifted at that point, but no. he manages to squeak a puck through his legs blind to Nate Bastion in front of the goal, and Bastion puts it home with ease. Yeah, be- beautiful play. And then Nico Heischer drops a lovely pass to Thomas Tatar, who sets up Fabian Zetterlund mm-hmm. to make it 2-1. And then late in the period... Uh, Marino hooks up Bastion. Bastion touches it forward for McLeod. McLeod notices Miles Wood is streaking to the middle of the ice. Pass, one touch from Wood, back of the net. It's 3-1, Dan. Mm-hmm. You know, you're norm and and you know, the Devils were, you know, rolling by that point of the game. It was like, awesome. It was basically similar to Van- the Vancouver game, where it's like, okay, the Devils, they're going, they're good. If it wasn't for Damon Severson, it's three-nothing. And you're and you know, Calgary was taking penalties. The Devils' power play was was whack, you know. As the kids, it was a liability this game. Yeah, it wasn't for it the didn't beginning cost, of it. It didn't cost them until the second period, where yeah, oh boy, Damon Severson. This is there's a reason why teams try to manage things differently at the end of power plays. Like mm-hmm. you just have the sense of like you know we're not going to go for it in the final ten seconds or so. We'll put out a regular line. You know, we'll put out two defensemen. You know, we'll put out different forwards. So this way, when the power play ends, we at least have a functional five on five unit. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It was a 2-on-0 that manifested. Yeah, Severson tried to make a play. It failed miserably. So Noah Hannafin, who came out of the box, 
was almost surprised with Tyler Toffoli. <laughs> like, oh, the puck's up. There's nobody in front of us. Let's go forward. Well, the craziest part of all that is that Vanacek made the initial stop. Vanacek yeah. almost prevented that from going in. It was a bit of bad luck that it bounced yeah, off of um, a devil or two to land right on. Uh, who was it? Lindholm. Oh, Lindholm's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lindholm came in late. I mean, Severson, to his credit, at least rushed back like crazy to at least disrupt to Foley. But, you know, Vanacek uh, had a Rob Hannafin and then. On the on the second effort, I'll call it. You know, Lindholm eventually gets it, puts it in the back of the net, and suddenly it's now three to two, and you just start going, "Oh boy, now it's a game." And mm-hmm. I will say this: you know, I've been very critical of Lindy Ruff for a while, but I have to again give him his credit here because he did something very smart after yep. this goal. He benched Severson. Yep. He benched a veteran, Dan, it made who an deserved because you know, he cost the team two goals already. Yep. And, you know, as much as I've always pointed out that overall over a season or over several games, Severson's going to give you more good things than bad things. But, oh, boy, his bad, bad things are like catastrophes. Like he can't limit his badness. Mm-hmm. So thank, thankfully, Ruff and the coaching staff presumably said we had enough of this. We're going to send a message that, you know, if you're going to play like this, you know, you're going to be held accountable. You're not going to play. Um, you know, the devil's. You know, again, mind you, this is the third game of a road trip. Going down to five defensemen is almost sometimes cutting your nose off to spite your face. Mm. But with the way Severson was playing, it was absolutely deserved. And credit to Ruff for doing that and sticking to his guns. Yeah. As Severson didn't play all that much in the third period either. He did play and, a little bit. But and everyone much. else stepped up. I mean, they stepped up in his absence. The Devils held down at 3-2 for the second period. Yeah, they let up the tying goal uh, to Zadarov. It was a nice rush. It was similar um, to the wood goal, actually. Yeah. Um, and again, these felt like two pretty evenly matched teams, but the Devils still managed to get the eventual advantage in shots uh, overall. And uh, they they kept it 3-3 despite some late pushes. They had some late pushes themselves. The Devils came really close to taking in regulation. But uh, they go to overtime and there's a, I would, okay. I mean, I wouldn't call it controversial. He was denying a clear two-on-one, but it's fine. Some people on Twitter thought it was a less than seller call. It happens in both directions, but the Devils took advantage and finally the power play that had been a liability all night came through and delivered the win. Absolutely. About the call, Dan, I want to talk about this first. Yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, I can't remember which of the members of the people who matter commented in the game thread, but they made a very important comment that Daryl Sutter, they asked, is Daryl Sutter coaching this team because this is just like the Kings of the past where they play like thugs and then they whine anytime they get called on it Mm -hmm. because Calgary seemingly argued against every penalty against them. Jacob Markstrom got away with kicking the net off intentionally in the second period, which should have been a penalty. Mm -hmm. You know, there were a number of things where, yeah, I will agree. The devils did bad things. Eric Halla during a penalty kill cross-checking Jonathan Huberdeau with nobody around him. So dumb. But that got called. But it was called. It was a legitimate call. So were the calls on the Flames. But the Flames just kept going, man, that's not, how dare you, man, man, man. You know, it's one of those things that really bothers me, especially from hockey media that likes to complain about hockey culture. Like, this is a cultural problem where a team can act like, you know, you know, they're 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 big and strong and tough and gritty. You know, Calgary, Western Canadian hockey, you know. And, and, and anytime they get, uh, you know, you know, the postgame was basically their, their, a collective call for the Wambulance. You know, oh, how dare you make that call on Elias Lindholm in overtime? Like, the guy hit Marino with nobody around him. It's three on three. Like, there's four refs on the ice. 
You really think that nobody was going to see that? Like, come on, my brother. That's the definition of interference. But also kill the penalty. And kill, and which is hard. It's four on three. But, um, you know, the Those Devils didn't... happen all the time. Like, they've happened yeah. so many times against the Devils that I feel zero sympathy. You got to then kill the penalty. Like, yeah, I would feel sympathetic. Weak, just stick it to them. Yeah, that's life. You know, like, you know, you you're Daryl Sutter. You're the Calgary Flames. Your team is filled with players who played in played professional hockey for a long time. You're not going to get away with everything. That's life. Yeah. Anyways, the Devils smartly set up in a diamond on this four on three. And Hughes, Hughes actually stayed on between a slight change in personnel. Uh, Brat came off. Uh, the Devils came close. The Devils were close to scoring in regulation, uh, but they missed the net a bunch of times. Uh, in overtime, however, they did not miss. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, Dougie Hamilton faked a shot, slid it across to Mr. Zetterlund in the right dot. He replaced Jesper Bratt, and Fabian Zetterlund told the Devils, come with me if you want to lift, because he lifted the team to the to the goal in overtime for the win, just like a bench press. Just That's a good heaving. shot to have on the power play. He got on one knee like he was proposing for the victory, making the the you know the hockey god say I do as he slammed a one timer to the center post in the middle of the net. No chance for Markstrom, no chance for the defenseman to get in front of it. Just an absolute beauty of a one timer for Mr. Zetterlund. He never should have been scratched. Play this man, give him all the gym time, all the plates, all the, the pre-workout mix, the post-workout mix, whatever you call it. Um, you know, the swole Swede elevated the devils to a sweep of the week, a sweep on the road, and made Calgary cry about the refereeing after the game. You love to see it. The Devils are in first place in the Metropolitan Division. They pass the idle Carolina Hurricanes, who do have a game in hand on them and potentially have more points, but hey, you can only win the games that you have on your schedule. The Devils end up third in the NHL by points currently. Um, what an impressive start to the season. What an impressive way to kind of show the sustainability of it, the ability to win in different ways, the ability yeah. to not get deterred in situations that would have caused them to crumble last year. And um, uh, the issue that the Devils are going to run into, I think, is the fact that the Eastern Conference seems very, very, very tight. It, it, there's a lot of things going on right now that there are some teams underperforming that are perennial playoff contenders mm-hmm. that maybe this is the year they drop off. And you say that until Pittsburgh rattles off like a 13 game win streak in the middle of February right. or, um, yeah, you know, it's a very muddy middle between all the teams that are in the exact same position. The devils, they keep winning. I remember watching the standings, um, one day last week, I think every single metropolitan team that played that day got a point, including some that played each other. So it was just, it, it's not going to get any easier to be no. in this division. So you have to keep this pace up. You have to bank points anytime you get them, because again, while the devils have been ridiculously good, these last couple of games, these last couple of weeks, and hopefully they can keep it up for longer. I think it would be unreasonable to expect it to sustain over the course of 82 games. So they'll run into stretches where they have a tough time, but how will they respond? Well, if they bank points early, then maybe it'll matter a little less. So yeah. um, hopefully in a tough division, these games, these big, big moments, they they matter so much more. And you can feel the team, just the demeanor's different. The attitude's different. They're, yeah. they're in a different state of mind than they were in the past. And um, the new additions doing a lot to facilitate uh, the Devils being where they are, not just 
uh, on the ice, but also off the ice as well. Yeah. And obviously winning helps a lot of that. It's very easy to buy into, you know, tactics, systems, philosophies, even those pregame talks or intermission talks when you're winning, because then mm-hmm. you, you have that, you know, knowledge, that objective evidence that, hey, you should listen because this is working. You know, you're winning games, you're getting goals. And again, it, you know, this past week, you know, I'll include Sunday's game just as a, just to highlight the point, you know, they open up this week with a blowout win over a team that has had the devil's number for eight years. Mm -hmm. They go to Vancouver and after a rough start, they still were up for nothing in the game and basically cruised collectively cruised to a win Mm -hmm. Edmonton. They went down three, one lost a goaltender that was actually starting to play pretty well. Um, And instead of, you know, as you said, instead of crumbling and, and, you know, succumbing to the mighty offense of Edmonton, you know, the Devils managed a, a, a very, very strong comeback. And then last night in Calgary, the Devils blew a 3-1 lead. That could have been disastrous. We could have said, you know, it sucks, but hey, winning streak's got to end sometime just like the Islanders. They just had their five-game winning streak blown up in a 3 nothing loss to Detroit where they got 24 shots on that. Like, sometimes you're just going to have a clunker and that's going to be the end. But the Devils held on made the game tough for Calgary. You know, Vanacek did well down the stretch and won that game in overtime. And as you said, you know, yes, the division and the conference are still tight, but now as we're talking, the Devils have four points ahead on Philadelphia, the Islanders, and our hated rivals with 14 points. If you look at the rest of the conference, yeah, there's only one really awful team in Columbus where they have six points and a negative goal differential of 25. Everybody else is you know, no worse than negative six goal differential, including Ottawa, who's currently even despite a four and seven record. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the Devils are ahead of those teams by at least a couple games. And yes, the winning is eventually going to end. Like streaks have to end. That's just life. But the way the Devils are playing and the way they're finding these results, the way they're staying in games and competing, whom they are doing it, because again, Edmonton and Calgary, they were playoff teams. Edmonton's probably going to be a very good playoff team again. Calgary might be if they can get their act together uh, soon. But nevertheless, you know, the Devils answered a lot of questions surrounding this team. And I don't get the sense that this is a team that's going to fall off miserably. This isn't going to be like the Flyers of a couple years ago where, you know, they won 10 games in a row and then they're going to lose 10 games in a row. Like there's, (laughs) there's not going to be a free fall. That was so awesome. You know, and if the Devils do have a run of struggles, you'd rather have it later in the season when you have a cushion to work with. So the the cushion is starting to form mm-hmm. uh, if you consider the playoffs. And as long as they can continue to get results in, in the next two weeks, you know, that only helps them. And the good news, Dan, is that um, I'm not going to say they're going to win nine straight games by the next time we record, Dan, but <laughs> there's a chance it could because let me tell you who's coming up. Uh, well, I just want to say again, we're to to you know, yeah. go along with your point here. We were looking for process over results, no matter what, going into yes. this season. Man, do results feel really nice? <laughs> they and they're following really the process. Nice, they're following the process. They follow the process. They they like the process is there. I would have felt good about this seeing this this way. You know, knowing that yeah, maybe they'll draft the goaltender in some stretch of fifteen years from now, where I'm, you know, still caring about this, but. Man, it is nice to see the process hit at the same time as the result. It's nice to see all the uh, decisions being justified from the last couple of years. Yeah, and the Devils have an opportunity to continue to get those results in this coming week where 
They got three home games coming up. They got Calgary again on Tuesday. Yeah, that's that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one, but the Devils have the advantage, have a couple advantages. One, they just beat Calgary, so that helps. Well, you yeah, know, they know they how to match up. The, the uh, road win-win yeah. win against Detroit, too. Right, but uh, Calgary, uh, they've only played one road game this season. This mm-hmm. is actually gonna, this month is going to be the first time they're going to actually be on the road for more than just one time. Weird. And more importantly, the De- uh, the Flames, they're going to be in Long Island on Monday night. So the Devils will have a rest advantage against a Calgary team that has been, well, they haven't won a game in, a, in about a week. And there's a good chance they're going to enter that game without winning a game in their last five against a team that just beat them. So mm-hmm. I like the Devils chances in this game. I, if you were to ask me which of the two games I thought the Devils were going to do well in, I would have picked the home game just for the rest advantage alone. On Thursday, the Devils will host Ottawa, and Ottawa I think is a team better than their four and seven record. Again, oh, they have a they have differential even, would suggest it. Yeah, yeah, they have an even goal differential, which is unusual for a team that has a five game losing streak as as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. But Cal, but Ottawa has yet to win a game on the road. They played four of them. Um, they might win it before they, they might win one before they play the Devils. But if there's a time to play Ottawa, it's right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ottawa right now is in an interesting situation in the bigger picture because the Meldick family has decided to sell the team. Uh, they're going to stay in Ottawa. There's not going to be any movement. They're going to probably go to Le Breton Flats. I, they've already confirmed that whoever buys the team has to keep them in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, a new chapter is being written for the organization. Um but, you know, right now, Alex, the Brinkhead is ice cold. The goaltending, you know, they're they're just not scoring a ton. So, you know, they're they're in a bit of a in a, in a slump. The Devils could easily pour mis- more misery on them on Thursday night. And on Saturday, they will host Arizona, who nobody oh, expects to do win well. that one. Yeah, but I will say Arizona has some out of their four wins. You know, they beat Florida. They beat Columbus. They beat Pittsburgh. I don't know. They beat Washington. They beat not Toronto, Pittsburgh. right? Could, yeah. Actually, with the way Pittsburgh's playing, Arizona could beat them too. But yeah. they, they just beat Washington last week. So this is an Arizona team that, you know, is the definition of we got nothing to lose and everything to gain. So as long as yeah. the Devils take them seriously, they should be able to get results. And yeah, maybe the winning streak ends in this coming week, but there's a better chance than not that the Devils you know, win at least, you know, they get four, at least four out of six points, which will just further bank the points, put them in a good position as the schedule gets harder after this coming week, because it will get harder. Yeah. I wouldn't say these are schedule losses by any means, but there's higher potential for a nutrition loss uh, when you've been winning for a long time. So, you know, hopefully they can avoid that. It would be nice to see a long winning streak. It's been years since that kind of thing happened. So uh, hopefully well, they can keep this up. I mean, it, it's been a decade since they've had a six game winning streak. This is incredible. And uh, I, I just, again, we all know what it's been a decade since as well. So it's it's good to get excited, but it's only, what, 12 games in so far. So yeah, there's a lot of a long way to go. We had a long way to go and a majority of the games against their uh, closest contenders to positions they'd want to attain in the standings. Uh, majority of those games are yet to come. Yeah. Now keep in mind, one of the other factors that has helped the devils and I'm, and you said the magic a word attrition. Um, so far, the devils have done very well offensively without Audrich Palat, who did have surgery on Monday. Um, they have not officially announced how long he's going to be out for. He has not been officially put on long-term injured reserve. I believe it was some, who was it, Dan? Was it Dan Drake, uh, Darren Drager? 
Um, I don't remember. Well, it was somebody um, in Canada. I know that's a great, great yeah. lead in. I know. At least uh, one person in Canada. At least one hockey <laughs> media member in Canada thinks it's going to be an 8 to 12 uh, week uh, absence. We'll see if that's the case or not. I think but, it was Drager, though. I'm pretty right. sure. The point is, is that don't expect Palat to come back soon. But so far, the Devils have done very well offensively. It helps that the fourth line of Wood, McLeod, and Bastion have been productive. Zetterlund has, you know, put in some big goals. It obviously helps that Jesper, unfortunately, his point streak ended in Calgary. But he had 16 points in 11 games. You know, Jack Hughes, everyone saying, oh, wait till he gets going. And he still has a point per game, you know average this season and Nico Heischer has been incredible in his part of the season so the devil's been fine without Palat and Vanacek has done well he's been the better goaltender statistically than Blackwood but Blackwood is out um during the broadcast it was announced that that you know he's going to be further evaluated in New Jersey they haven't put him on IR yet uh they did call up Akira Schmid to back up Vanacek in Calgary uh Schmid has had a good early start in Utica so makes sense that he would be called up uh, Andreas Johnson was returned to Utica. So we'll see what the injury is and how long it's going to be out for. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, the one big concern, as you said, is that if, if Vanacek gets hurt, you know, the devils all of a sudden, you know, the good times are going to become real bad, real fast. Yeah. Um, and, and if the devils suffer further injuries, it could also get real bad, real fast. But so far they've been very fortunate that it's only been just those two guys so far. And the Devils have been able to continue their processes, continue their systems, and not just get good results, but also put in games where they're outshooting their competition and they're hanging in games that are super up-tempo, like the Edmonton game, a little bit more of a physical struggle, like the Calgary game, or the, especially the Colorado game, mm-hmm. and winning games more comfortably like they did against Columbus and Vancouver. So, you know, as long as the Devils, you know, can stay relatively healthy, and um, as they, they, the, the likelihood of an attrition loss starts going down, it could still happen, but you know, that's, I guess the major other, the other major point you want to highlight with respect to the devils as a whole, as far as why is their start so good? Well, the good news is that the major players are all healthy and performing at a high level. Yeah. We'll keep it up. Hopefully we come back here with more wins to talk about next week, but uh, in the meantime, we hope the vibes stay extremely good. And we know that, uh, people are going to be starting to pack the rock as the Devils continue to uh, show their good play and dynamic speed. So uh, give them some support. Let's see people out there. Let's make sure the Devils know that this start is appreciated. And uh, much more than in past seasons, let's hope they keep it up and manage to deliver on the expectations they've set for themselves, it seems, this year. So as always, thank you for joining us for this episode of garden state of hockey we'll be back to talk about the week that is in devils hockey barring any unforeseen circumstances but let's go devils go devils see you next time